Hello guys, hello everyone, welcome back to Game Bros. Uh, today we are extremely excited to talk about a very, you know, timely topic. I think a lot of people are either discussing about it or wondering about it or even planning on, you know, actually using it for their favor. I think it's gonna be an epic episode. But first and foremost, let's welcome my loved bro Guillaume. Hello bro! Hello! How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you! Oh my god, okay bro, let's start with something that is, I mean, uh, easier, an easier topic. My wife and kids are in France, which means that I have the full house for myself, which is oh probably... Oh my god, that's a lot of freedom, bro. I know, a lot of freedom, which means also a lot of video games. So I have to kind of structure mm. my three weeks to see what games I should finish, which games I should play. <laughs> and I'm super excited. It's gonna be an exciting three weeks. I'm gonna, of course, keep you updated. But yeah, that's exciting. Of course, I miss my wife and kids. But you know, that's life. They are enjoying family. And because I cannot enjoy family anymore, uh, I'm just enjoying my video games, <laughs> which is kind of family too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, I love this. I mean, of course, you're going to miss them. But I mean, it, it's very important that they get to see their family yes. back in France. Yes. And bro, for you, it's going to be, in my opinion, a, a really good time because, you know, you're gonna have some time to to rest and to breathe yes. before you start this new wonderful chapter of your career that we discussed yes. about during our last episode so yes uh, bro I think you should actually tell us everything about your gaming journey after these three <laughs> weeks or so <laughs> that's gonna be a special episode what did Guillaume do for during those three weeks yes okay <laughs> challenge accepted I love the topic I just love it, bro. I mean, I have been uh, playing a little bit of video game these days. Um, cool. I, I did play some Smash Bros, but I'm trying to main a brand new character. Okay. So I'm basically like wondering and playing around and seeing which character character I want to be good playing with. Um, and, and bro, basically like practicing on, on Smash Bros, which always makes me happy and, and okay. relaxes me. Um, and what about you, bro? What have you been playing this week? <laughs> um, not so much. I haven't been playing a lot because we were technically preparing like the trip to France for Pauline and the kids. Uh, so I haven't had real time to sit down and play. But, but I bought an extremely good iPhone controller. I Ooh. love it. Yes. Uh, it's called, oh, I don't remember the name now, but I mean, it's the best controller you can buy on your iPhone. <laughs> what I like with this one is that I was able to chill several evenings and playing FIFA on my phone from my Xbox that, it, that was sitting in the living room. I was in the bedroom on my bed, in my bed, just playing. I mean, knowing that we are in 2022 and that you can basically play on your phone and your phone is behaving as if it's just a screen slash controller. It's mind-blowing. Bro, it's like those kind of moments where when you fully realize it's like, uh, okay, so back in the days we had the PSP, but the PSP was more of a, I insert the game and I play the game and the games are crap. I mean, 
they were fine, but not mm -hmm. great. Now I'm actually playing Xbox quality game, 4K gaming on my phone. What, what is going on? Like, it's crazy, bro. bro. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's, it's like welcome to the future, right? Yes. I mean, you have been uh, gearing up your your whole setup and your all your whole gaming experience you know going all the way from your oled tv to all these <laughs> new devices at some point you're gonna have to catch up on that bro and and yeah. you're gonna have to tell us what we should be paying attention to and what is really not necessary i think it's gonna be a really cool episode to, yeah. to record yeah um and and bro i'm just so happy to see that you're all geared up because you, you are the adventurous one you're the, the oh yeah the tech guy of this team. Yes. So it makes perfect sense. Uh, and bro, <laughs> the short answer to that question, like what do you actually need? Let, let's be straightforward. In 2022, the only thing that you need is a next-gen console and a good TV. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I think. I feel like having a gaming PC with a great graphics card, it's definitely a bonus. So if you can spend towards a gaming PC, it's great. It's probably the best option, but it's more expensive too. And having those other like gear slash gadgets around, it's not needed. It's just a bonus. And so right now in 2022, if you're thinking about like keeping, let's say your PS4 or Xbox One, and you want just to buy extra gadgets to make it more comfortable, I would say no. Like just buy an Xbox Series X or a PS5 if you can, if you can find them at the right price, MSRP. Just do it because those are the best way to play in 2022. Like those consoles are amazing. I cannot even imagine, like realize how bad it was before those consoles because now the games are like immersive. The graphics are insane and it's on your like big t i mean uh, i don't know i don't know it's crazy bro 2022 is a crazy year for video gaming in my opinion oh, it's it, it, it really is and i mean um everything that you said is so true like i just i think um this morning i saw the trailer of god of war ragnarok <laughs> bro oh my god bro yes it is just like mind-blowing i think it's supposed to be released in september yes so i'm just like so much looking forward to it and yes um i mean playing god of war 4 in the dual shock was already extraordinary you know but people are saying that playing god of war ragnarok using the dual sense with all this responsiveness is going to be a whole new level of gaming experience as Sony usually gifts us with. So, yeah. bro, I'm very much looking forward to that. I think we're going to have lots of really cool uh, gaming topics to, to chat about. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And one topic that we did not talk about, and we still have to talk about that game, is the Forbidden West, so Horizon. Oh my God, so Forbidden true. West. Because we did not have time to actually play the game. I don't have a PS5, mm -hmm. I could play it on my PS4. I'm kind of worried about the performance on PS4, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. since mine was not the PS4 Pro, it was the PS4 first gen, so really bad PlayStation mm -hmm. 4, old one. <laughs> what I would like Sony to do at some point is to release those games on PC 
you know i don't feel like pc and like is the same as xbox series x it's more like of another market i know that they did that well for horizon zero dawn it was released on pc mm-hmm. recently i think it was two years ago and i would like and appreciate if sony for uh god of war or for those exclusives for them to release them you know slightly after on pc because it's not really a competition like it's not a competing market that's what i'm trying to say and so i feel like horizon forbidden west should be released on pc next year or something around those lines because you can emulate the ps5 on pc if you have a great graphics card you could do some stuff you know and i would love to play that game but to me it takes to buy a ps5 today if i want to play that mm-hmm. game and i don't like that right. oh yeah bro no i mean but what you said is absolutely right i mean i wouldn't uh be surprised if they actually released uh, forbidden west even before that mm-hmm. uh to pc yeah. um it's something that they did to to the first game and i mean as you said it's not like they're giving it to a comp to a competitor they're basically exploring another market share yeah. so it would yeah. make perfect sense and absolutely i think i'm gonna wait for that to happen because then we can play together i think that yes would be awesome. yes okay that's yeah. a deal yeah. it's gonna be epic bro oh my god bro I'm... and speaking of epic topics <laughs> i mean one thing that i absolutely love about this new um phase of our podcast is that we have the freedom to speak about very important topics whenever they come across us including you know um, when when you know our fans and other people ask us to speak about something or when something really important happens and and bro on that note i think that a lot of people who plan their future and try to use the 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 stock market in order to guarantee that you know several years from now they're gonna have a very decent life they're gonna have good passive income and a very you know uh, comfortable way of living i just like we do and just like we try to do every day um i think we are all wondering about many things that are happening and so guillaume and i decided to dedicate this episode our 39th episode on uh, this really timely topic, which is a possible recession, the idea of a bear market coming. And I think a lot of our listeners who also, you know, try to do the best they can to manage their income and to invest their money in order to, you know, guarantee a better future must be really concerned or or at least curious about what we have to talk Mm -hmm. about. So, Bro, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I think it's yeah. a very polemic thing to talk about too, because a lot of people have different opinions about it. <laughs> but I simply cannot wait to listen to your opinion and, and discuss about it with you. Yeah, ah, of course. And that's a good topic. I mean, it can be sad too, because recessions usually like have a negative trait associated to them. Um, but it's also, mm-hmm. and we should not forget about it, it's actually uh, a strict definition. So recession uh, in the US, uh, and I feel like it's probably the, the same for the other countries, uh, it's the same for France at least, uh, is defined by two quarters, so actually six months, so half a year, 
with a negative GDP. So meaning that we have not growth, but we are in a recession. So like basically we are kind of contracting. The economy instead of expanding is contracting. And so that's what we call a recession. Um, and what is interesting with recession these days is that we have something going on, which is called inflation. And inflation can play a big role in recessions and can even trigger recessions, especially when we mm -hmm. play with the yields, the, the way uh, some uh, central banks are doing it right now. And so what is happening, technically speaking, is that next week we will know if the U.S. are in a recession. It's going to be on July 28th. So this is coming. We are recording that podcast, a podcast on July 24th. Uh, we don't know when it's mm -hmm. going to be released, but it should be like in two weeks, uh, roughly. But just so you know, we are four days from that announcement. And so we do not know if technically speaking, we are in a recession or not. But with the gas prices that were so high these past few months, there is a risk or a high chance of being in a recession or seeing the GDP being mm -hmm. negative for another quarter meaning that we are technically speaking in a recession right now. And mm -hmm. what I wanted to discuss with you to start with, and some people are getting confused between those two aspects of like negative downturns or like downturns, which is recession on the one hand and bear markets on the other one. And those are not the same. And they do not, they are not even correlated all the time. So, bro, do you mind explaining what a bear market is? And like, if we are right now in a bear market and so on? Bro, that's awesome. I, I love the idea of starting this, this really important topic with a few definitions, because I, I feel like lots of podcasts start talking about these things without ever defining what they really are talking about. So. Mm -hmm. We have to be different and more accurate in this case. Yep. And bro, I love that you started with the definition of a recession. And I think that one thing every person who tries to invest their money in the stock market should know is that probably like over 95% of investors, including funds or, you know, small investors like us, Unfortunately, what they try to do in the stock market is that they try to predict what is going to happen with the economy, right? Yep. That is the reason why over 95% of people fail. That's the reason why over 95% of people lose money in the stock market because they are trying to predict the future and no one has ever consistently predicted the future. So going back to your question, bro. We are talking about a, a possible bear market. And I mean, it's funny because I, you know, you, you hear these, these terms like bull market versus bear market. And I mean, I think it's like a fun way of, you know, explaining what would happen uh, mm -hmm. when these animals attack, basically. So a bull would basically attack someone upwards. So if you imagine the, the stock market prices going upwards, it's basically like the movement of a bull. So you say like, oh my God, it's like being attacked by a bull. 
<laughs> and, and the opposite, it would be the bear market, which actually attacks downwards with its paws, which is basically like you're being slapped in the face <laughs> downwards and you're seeing the basically the, the, the overall prices of the stock market melting right in front of you. Yep. So, um, and, and the reason why Guillaume and I thought it would be really interesting to start by really defining these terms is because one is never necessarily correlated with the other. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. And I have very strong opinions about people who invest uh, by trying to predict what's going to happen to the world's economy because no one can. I think that's yeah. the first topic that is really important for us to discuss. No one can predict what's going to happen. Yep. But bro, as you very well said, we are we are talking about inflation all yep. over the globe. Yep. And one thing that is sort of funny in a sense is that, you know, Brazil sort of either realized or took action about the inflation several months before the rest of the planet did. That's good. So it's funny because our basic interest rose up way before, you know, the US and generally speaking countries from Europe because they realized pretty quickly that we had a problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think the problem is basically related to printing money everywhere right so it's basically the recipe for disaster but of course we we were in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. and i guess like the, the the first question that i have for you bro who is living in the us mm-hmm. but it's european you know it's probably very up to date to uh, regarding what is happening in france mm-hmm. do you have the feeling that especially the us sort of had a delay in realizing that they should have done something because they were printing way too much money during the pandemic or the, the climax of the pandemic at least. Uh, yeah, and that's that's a great one. So I'm not an economics specialist. Uh, I have to start with that. So I'm going to give my gut feeling of it. Uh, yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. there was too much of a delay. Uh, I felt like th- stuff were go- getting better uh, in the US and we still had this like free money policy kind of and you're like but it's getting better so if we s- start like printing money for no reason and if it's not really helping the, the, the country like it's basically helping banks and like helping like mm-hmm. big partners big corporations to try to make more money but something is going to happen and that something is called inflation of course, we had the supply chain issues. Uh, we had, I mean, we still have COVID-19, uh, but it's funny because we say COVID-19. It was three years ago. We, we are in 2022. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, funny, yeah. yeah. so we have, we have COVID-19. We have the supply chain issues, but people are blaming the supply chain issues, in my opinion, probably too much. There was also this mm-hmm. problem of like negative rates, uh, for some countries. So in Europe, we were printing money and getting even more money because it was negative rates. It was not even like zero. It was oh, negative. Lord. So they were giving mm-hmm. free money on top of the money. Uh, okay, Sh- sure. Why not? The problem <laughs> is that this was done in response to the Great Recession 
and the Great Recession was 20, like 2009, 2010, 2011, and so on. So it was during that time. It was more than 10 years ago. Since then, the S&P 400, uh, 500, I said 400, what? Like S&P 500 is like crazy high. Of course, we had some, some downturns mm -hmm. during, um, during COVID-19 and so on. And recently, we also had a drop, which could technically be qualified as a bear market like according to some analysts because like usually what we look at is the highest peak uh, from before and we are looking at a negative 20 percent from there to define a bear market in the in the us and so some um some indices were basically in a drop in a bear market then recovered a bit so it's very hard to define it's also a feeling that you have is now a good feeling mm -hmm. is now a good moment to invest in stocks and right now, we should not get confused between recession and bear markets because the employment in the US is extremely high. We still have this very high inflation too. And all of this may lead to a recession, but because we have this employment that is extremely high, is that a bad recession or is it just like an economic downturn that will like solve by... You never know. As, as you said, we cannot predict the future. But right now, what is interesting is that it's not that a bubble is about to explode or like not super easily defined as it was in 2009 with the like house houses market, like housing market and so on, uh, real estate market. And now it's it's very hard to to see if there is a bubble that is about to like just pop you know, and then it could be bad. And mm -hmm. yeah, like, bro, it's kind of confusing for someone that is reading a lot like me because people are making that uh, parallel way too often between economic downturns, aka recessions uh, for countries mm -hmm. and then bear markets for like every investors basically. And right now I feel like today's topic should be about what are we going to do? us, like investors, regular investors, you know, we are not trying to beat the market. We are not trying to uh, like create a new strategy. That's not the idea. The idea is just for you to have an idea of what we will be doing. Are we going to invest in bonds? Are we going to invest in stocks? What are we going to do? Are we going to take that money back and keep it as cash? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, don't do that. Not a good idea, especially with crazy high inflation. So that's that's the simple answer. But yeah, let's talk strategies because today in the US, it's very hard to predict. We feel like we have this very high employment. So basically the economic side of things look good besides inflation, but still people are talking about uh, recession all the time. And meaning that it's going to be bad, something bad is going to happen. And you're like, it's just a technical definition. And it could be only related to inflation. And if the fact that we are raising rates will solve inflation at some point, it could be a small recession, basically. Just a small economic downturn for the country. If we can beat inflation and put it back to where it should be, let's say around like 3%, 4%, whatever, depends. But like not at nine, not at nine. Nine is not fine. Um, and so, bro, 
first, I gave you my perspective from the US. What is happening right now in Brazil? Like, do we see a bear market? Do we see like recession looming in? What is happening? Awesome, bro. I mean, we don't have a, we, we are not seeing a bear market in Brazil right now. Okay. Because again, I feel like when you're, you know, investing in a small market like Brazil, it's almost like, you know, whatever comes to to happen on earth, like uh, market-wise, happens first in smaller countries. So yes. the US is this huge empire, right? And, and to really shake that takes a little bit of time, but smaller countries, smaller economies, they basically feel things first yeah. and they have to be ready first as well. And I think um, that, you know, the team here, the economic team here actually did a great job because we have been raising uh, interest in Brazil for several months now uh, in order to control the inflation. So what I'm seeing now is that when, like right now, the U.S. inflation uh, is basically going up and up and ours is flattening Good. because we took action first. So, so that is something that is really powerful for someone who likes to invest their money and knows uh, and tries to know what they're doing because the thing is i, I mean uh, my mom actually asked me a really good question today uh, yesterday and i was like man a lot of people must have this question because you know everybody talks about economy because it's like a daily subject but very few people actually understand what uh, things actually mean or, or what's their consequences and, and my mom was like what is the problem in having higher inflation or you know raising interest what does that change I mean and and she was like especially like if you're a company right like what what is the difference for you mm -hmm. and so my dad who is an economist was basically telling her that she was he was like if you don't owe money to anybody, you will barely realize, except for the fact that you can buy less with the same amount of money that you had yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you own money, if you have debts <laughs> in virtually every single company and every single country in the world has debts, the debts basically become way pricier. That's the bottom of it right so mm -hmm. if you're like buying a house if you're financing a house if you're or you intend to to finance a house the interest right now is going to be way higher than before so yep. you're going to pay way more money for that same house so you're basically stopping people from taking risks yep. right because they, they basically do the math and they go okay that's way too much money i should not <laughs> do this right now Yes. And when people start to get more controlled, you basically push the break of economy. Yeah. You're basically yeah. like, slow down. You're not supposed to be burning money right now. Yeah. And that's when you shrink, right? And mm -hmm. so, bro, from, from my perspective, like right now in Brazil, lots of things happen. That's for sure. So okay. uh, what can I say? Inflation was really, really bad at the beginning of the year. Okay. But right now it's flattening. So I do expect a few more um, shorter 
uh, but a few extra raises in basic interest. Okay. Maybe for two or three months, and then it will probably stabilize and hopefully start to decline. Um, what I also see is that a lot of people are really afraid of putting money in Brazil because, you know, um, the we are going to, to elect a new president this year. And this okay. is always really messy for us. So a lot of people are like, okay, depending on who might be elected, this might be uh, really concerning or less concerning. So that's mm -hmm. always a, a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the market has been suffering from rumors of who is going to win the election. Mm -hmm. uh, but another thing that I can tell you for sure is that because the companies have been basically recovering from the pandemic and from all the really bad recessions we had before and with Dilma, who was basically exonerated as, as a president and she basically broke the country. So what happened was that the companies were preparing and saving money because they just went through a really bad time. Okay. So our prices have been really low, but the yield of the companies, the results are raising and increasing month by month, nonstop. Okay. And so I have never bought so many stocks i have never had this dividend yield mm -hmm. ever because the companies are making a shit ton of money and they are basically being damaged by all these rumors of you know a new recession and so on okay so basically that that's my vision of what is happening here bro okay ah oh, that's interesting that's very interesting yeah, here in the US, uh, what recession and um, basically the fact that we have interest rates uh, going up, um, what that means is that before buying a house, especially during COVID-19, it was this crazy thing happening in the US. Everyone was flipping houses and like, but it was not mm -hmm. as similar as in 2009, where there was no money and just a big Thank bubble. You. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It was more of a, I have this house, let me sell it now to buy another one and then let me flip this one for another one. So it was crazy, but it was happening for a simple reason. The interest rates were extremely low. Um, for people elsewhere in the world, it may seem high, especially for France. Uh, so like what we mean by low is like 2.5 or 3%. It's extremely low for the US. Mm -hmm. For France, low mm -hmm. means like one, if not lower than 1%. Wow. Yes, yes. I know a lot of friends that bought houses at like 0 0.8 or 9. And you're like... Well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, so you're basically not paying the bank. That's cool. Good for you. Um, <laughs> and so like us, in our case, we were slightly below 3. But it was incredible for the US uh, in my, like, in my mm -hmm. case, for this house. Uh, but now to buy the same house with the same down payment my interest rate would be around 5.7%. 5.7. It makes you reconsider Ouch. buying a house because at this point you're paying mm -hmm. more to the bank than what your house is worth. 
people don't mm-hmm. realize but 5.7% is not you take the amount of your house you multiply by 5.7 divide by 100 and that's what you owe the bank no it's not working this way if only <laughs> it would be cheap if only <laughs> if only no it's a very complex calculation that starts with the first payment being 5.6 and then you decrease that the more you pay but you will pay a lot of interest a lot Mm-hmm. And you will start paying your principal roughly at the middle, like start really paying your principal roughly after the middle of your of your mortgage. So it's bad. Technically speaking, buying a house is good uh, because you want mm-hmm. a house probably for the future. But with those kind of interest rates, it's insane. It's just insane. Yeah. But the thing happening right now in the US is that the renting market is extremely high too. So some people are worried that all of this combined could also trigger a bad recession because if we have a housing crisis, what is going to happen? Are we going to see relocations? What is going to happen? Like you have to, you need a house basically to live. And um, so it's kind of crazy. I feel like we probably will see what is happening in the coming month. Uh, it will definitely contribute to a potential bad recession if that was to happen but right now the main thing is that we are paying the price for all those people flipping houses like crazy making the market Mm -hmm. go so high people thinking that it was time for them to buy their house that they love but they wanted to make money free cash because it was fine doing so and yeah it was we should have raised the interest rates before that's the bottom line um and i'm not an economist specialist again but in my opinion we acted too late and right now some people are screwed because they wanted a house they wanted to buy one but the market was going up and up and up and they were not able to find a house that they could afford and now Mm -hmm. their rent is going crazy high too my previous place my previous place where I was paying $3,000 a month to rent. Right now, if I was to start a lease as of today, same apartment, exact same one. I was checking the the website the other week. It's like $4,900. So, holy shit we are talking about like an actual $2,000 extra a month, which means $24,000 a year wasted because it's a rent. But like not everyone can afford buying a house and I understand that. But Mm -hmm. now the rents Mm -hmm. are insanely high, at least in California. So yeah, it's worrisome and I can understand that. And again, we are not, we are very fortunate with my bro to have good positions right now, to have good salary, uh, to have pretty good incomes, to have a house. And the first question that I have for you today, bro, and it's going to affect me too, because I'm actually considering doing that. I have a low interest rate or kind of low, 2.8, uh, 2.874%, which is below okay. 3 And I see a lot of people saying online that the first thing that you should do with your extra money 
instead of in, in uh, investing in the stock markets would be to pay off your mortgage first. And I feel like that's probably the best topic to start with because right now we are talking recession potentially we are talking economic downturn and we are also talking about a market that we cannot predict and by market i mean stock market is now mm -hmm. a good time for people that have spare money to actually pay back their loan to the bank for their house primary house just so that their future will be safer one day what do you think Man, I love this episode so much. Bro, <laughs> what an amazing question. Um, a lot of my friends actually ask me that same question because they know I, I, I read a lot and I, and I like investing. And my answer to them is always the same. Like, put in a piece of paper how much money you owe to the bank and you're paying to the bank right now. I always tell them the same. Just do the math. Now, ask yourself that question and answer it as honestly as you can. Are you certain, absolutely certain, that you can make the same amount or more by investing in the stock market? Because if your answer is no, then you're basically telling me that you are okay taking the risk of losing money every month. <laughs> if you're fine with this, go for it that's always my answer so people get really mad at me because they're like oh you didn't answer i was like come on you answered me uh, and they were like of course i cannot tell you that i'm gonna make the exact like this amount of money by investing my money in the stock market then i go okay so if you continue to invest in the stock market in this case just you know if that is fine with you it's fine by everyone but think about it. If you're losing money instead of paying to the bank, it's like you're, you're, you're basically like losing twice. So mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, listen to me by saying this and they are very confident about their doing. They go like or, or they're like, I'm not going to leave just to pay my debt. I, I need to have at least something that I'm going to invest. It's good for my head and it's good for me to think that I'm, uh, you know, investing in my future. There is no right answer, yeah. But um, I mean, bro, I think that that at least what I would recommend is let's say you're saving. I'm gonna guess here on a hypothetical number. Let's say a family that has a mortgage to pay has 10k extra to invest every month. Mm -hmm. I would totally recommend this family to at least use 5k to pay for their mortgage as yep. quickly as possible and then maybe, you know, invest with the other 50%. Yes. So I think that is very reasonable. I think that nobody wants to, you know, uh, drag this, this mortgage for too long. It's always great when people can pay up front. Mm -hmm. So that would definitely be like my opinion, bro. But, okay. but I know I understand that a lot of things come to mind there are a lot of more calculations one can make but i think that would be my general recommendation okay and what is crazy is that i i have an opinion too and i feel like and that's also that was my strategy when we bought that place 
it was how much extra are we paying compared to a rent? Because a rent, that mm -hmm. would be something that we have to pay, whatever happens, yeah. correct? And right now we are just paying a few hundred bucks more than what we used to pay. And that's oh. something that we could afford at the time and that we can mm -hmm. still afford now. That's also something that we could potentially afford if one of us should lose their job. And taking all of that into consideration, especially if the interest rate was not bad, mm -hmm. it's, in my opinion, especially now, but I tend to be an investor taking risks. I would put money in the stock market if you can afford it again but if you're telling me that you bought a house and you overpaid for it and you cannot afford it if one of you are losing their job if you're a family then i'm like okay so maybe it was not the right house you know <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. it's better to start low and with stuff that yeah. you can afford and go higher in the future going for this, this crazy good mansion right away because the interest rates are good and that you have a great position right now, but it's a risky position and you may lose your job and you therefore may lose the mansion. I'm like, but why did you buy a mansion in the first place? Is it making you mm -hmm. happy? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. That's a, that's a good one. But you have to consider the future too. Right now, the only thing that we that will pay for your um, for your retirement and so on and your expenses in the future is whatever you're investing from now. It doesn't have to be a lot, but if you pay off your house but you have nothing for your retirement, you will still have to pay for groceries at the time in mm -hmm. during your retirement. So you will need some income at that time. So it's still a great idea to at least try to invest what we can in retirement accounts. I'm not talking about just like investing to invest, but at least retirement accounts. And if possible, very diversified funds, you know, like index funds, ETFs, for instance. I'm shooting for the total stock market. I'm not reinventing the wheel. It was going down, I was going down, it's going up, I'm going up. And the reason for this is that, especially these days, it's very hard to predict. We can feel like, oh, this company has great value, it should be fine, they are giving good dividend, they will be there for another decade. What if the stock market is definitely beating that company, you know? You never know, because we cannot predict the future. So mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do is to take off that, um, that mindset of like, I should pick only great companies because I don't have the time. I'm just shooting for the total stock market. And I'm talking about the US stock market. So if it's going down, it's going down. If it's going up, it's going up. And I'm fine with that. And I don't overthink it. Now, I'm not gonna put more money in my mortgage. That was a big discussion I had with Pauline yesterday before she flew to France and I was like, should we? And we were chatting and at some point I was like, but if I had to pay my rent, I would still do it, correct? Mm -hmm. Now, if I take that extra money and I take the snowball effect and compound interest into account, and if I invest that money 
I'm going to pay like 20 of those houses in the long run. I mean, I'm kidding. But just for you to have an idea. So yes, of course, the concept of being debt-free is great. But it's also kind of like a utopia, like it's utopic to feel like you can be mm-hmm. debt-free in 2022 when like the entire market is controlled by banks, you know? Like you want to buy a house, you have to loan the money somewhere. So some people are telling, oh, you should be debt-free, but usually like those people are old. They had a good life before them. <laughs> they invested well, and now they are debt-free. And I'm like, but dude, we are 30-ish. Like we have to take some risks too because we need a retirement. And maybe for you it was good, it went fine. But like being debt-free as of like being, let's say, 35, I don't think that's a concept we can do. Because if you consider rent to be no debt, then you're wrong. A rent is debt because you're losing that money anyways. So if I'm paying the same money to the bank or to a lender or like uh, you got my point, it's the same. I'm literally losing that money every month. Right now, if I had a crazy high mortgage, yes, I would try to basically either sell the house and get for a more affordable one, which is probably the best solution in most cases. Or I would be fine with the mortgage, I would stick with it, I would pay it, and I would be the owner of my house in 29 or 28 years. That's it. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's a good one, but that's my opinion. And right now, I'm investing solely in the stock market and the total stock market. I'm not trying to beat anything. Bro, what a great reflection. I mean, I actually read um, this article a few, I think a few weeks ago, that is super related to what we're speaking right now. Because it was this, this, it, it was a conversation between an older guy and a younger guy. And they're basically talking about this, about owning a house, about what to do with their money. And the old guy, the older guy was basically living in a tiny home here in Brazil. But the reason why he was being interviewed by the younger guy was because he used to be an extremely wealthy man okay. uh, back in the days. He had a huge house, awesome cars and so on. And he lived in a very old fashioned way as well. He was, um, you know, trying to never have debts. He always, you know, he, his philosophy was to buy the biggest, nicest house available because, you know, it's always going to be good for you because the, the, the house is always going to be more and more expensive if you need to sell it. So mm-hmm. it, it, it was a very interesting conversation. And at some point, the older guy asked the interviewer, the younger one, if he owned the house. And, and the interviewer said, yes, I, I do own a house with my family. And he was like, okay, but do you own the house or does the bank own the house? <laughs> yes. And, and, and the guy started laughing. He was like, well, I, I see what you're saying. So if, if we were like strictly speaking, then the bank does. Yeah. And he was like, well, that is the thing. So when I was younger, 
I bought this huge house and I paid for it. And now that I'm older and I know that I can no longer, you know, live in a huge house, I sold it and I bought a smaller one and with the extra money, I'm living. Okay. And then what seemed to be a really awesome explanation of how to live, mm -hmm. the interviewer asked the following question. So I like your house. I can see that you, you lived a very health, wealthy life. But I can tell, like, from looking at your house now, that your furniture is old, that, you know, like, and, and, and the reason why he came to interview him is because they saw this really, this guy who used to be really wealthy, actually asking for money, begging for money. So that's what triggered the whole interview. Yeah. So he was like, your, your concept was really interesting, but something didn't quite work. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's when the, the older guy said, well, everything was perfect, except that I never learned to save money the way I should. Mm -hmm. And that's when the younger guy said the following, but I did. So by using the bank to help me out and doing what I believe to be good decisions, I have been practicing with my family throughout the years that I always pay my debts in time and I always save some money. So when I get to your age, this house is going to be mine, but the process is going to teach me how to save money and not spend it. So bro, it was like a, a, a huge collapse of very important and strong opinions. Yeah. And, and in the end you can choose which one you like best, but I really like the younger version yes. because the truth is, it doesn't really matter what your family is going to do as long as you understand the basic rules of money. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, like the most important rule, like if there is a single rule that every family should always learn is that you should never spend more than you make. Yeah. And you should save some for your future. That's yeah. it. How are you going to do it? It's something else. There might be better ways. But if you learn this very basic rule, you are ahead, like you're 10 steps ahead of 95% of people on this planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we also have to say it's not easy. It's definitely not easy to make more money, but to stick with the rules. You know, mm -hmm. you have this money. And one thing that I love and I'm fairly sure that you will love that concept too. Uh, one guy was saying, and I was reading somewhere, that one guy said, when you're getting paid, that's good. But now do something. Pay yourself first. I was like, but you just got paid. What's that concept? And the concept is that you're getting your, your income, you're getting your salary, that's good. But now take a portion of it that's gonna be for your future. That's gonna be for you mm -hmm. in the coming years, in the, in, for your retirement, whatever. Take that. Because if you don't do it now, don't wait for the end of the month to have like some like, I don't know, dollars remaining on your checking account. That's not happening this way. It, it does not happen. And I can like say that because I'm experiencing it sometimes. Sometimes you're making more money which is the case these days. And I'm like, hey, this TV is fancier. 
remember that was the last episode <laughs> and i'm like i can afford a new tv and the dumbass i am is buying a new tv instead of replacing <laughs> your good tv by a brand new great new tv you can stick with the old one that is decent that is fine and you know what just do something for yourself save the 1200 or 1300 dollars you're saving by not buying the new tv and put that on a retirement account or put that somewhere where it's gonna be like very passive not even passive income but like passive investing you know total stock market it's a yield of like 1.9 or like 1.5 it's gonna be fine it will be fine and yeah like that's that's my opinion these days we have to be pragmatic we have to be pragmatic and investing slash spending is very different you have to invest in yes. yourself first please put some money aside bro. it doesn't have to be a lot right bro just a bit just a bit bro that was awesome so here's the thing i don't know like if you i i mean i'm assuming that this that that you heard about it like paying yourself first mm -hmm. is one thing that i learned from this really cute book very easy to read it's more like a storytelling than an actual like investment book but it's whenever people ask me what book they should read first if they want to better manage their their portfolio their money mm -hmm. i always recommend this book first which is called the richest man in babylon oh i i bro if you want a really nice read for yes. these uh few weeks that you have ahead of you yes it's as i said like it's more like a story um okay. but you're gonna learn the basic principles of money and like this is maybe the the most important lesson of the book that you should pay yourself first always so when you get money you should picture yourself like 30 years older than you are right now mm -hmm. and how much that guy deserves for working their ass off yeah. throughout this year and then you pay this guy and yeah. then you pay your family and that's what you do so it's it's a very important lesson from this book mm -hmm. and bro i had like a, a really great time reading it so if if you have time i think you're gonna love it and i think our listeners will too if they want to maybe like start to better understand what, what they could do with their money of course it's not your case for you it's more like i think you would have a blast reading it but you're very smart with your money um it's just that it, it's a really cool book to read mm -hmm. and uh like going back to really like what people have been asking us um what are you going to do with your money what are you going to do with your portfolio and and the thing is my strategy is um how can i say it, it it basically doesn't matter what's going to happen really doesn't matter much because this strategy is solely um you know based on how much money am i paying mm -hmm. for that given share and how much money that share gives me back okay. so if i like my philosophy is that if i am paying a reasonable price and when i say reasonable these days i mean cheap 
because like mm-hmm. there's a lot of really cheap stuff to buy. Yeah. And if you're really convinced that your valuation skills are good enough and that you're actually paying a reasonable to low price for that time little share, then there is no mistaking it. You might buy it cheap or you might buy it even cheaper, but you're buying something good, something that is worth it. And I mean, especially in times of inflation, the last thing that you want to do is to have cash because like that's like when people ask me what is the risk of having cash my answer is the risk is 100% the only the only outcome possible outcome is that you're going to lose money oh yeah that is the only possible outcome because yeah. inflation is too high and it's basically corrupting your your money so i i always say that so on that note um, Kenny and I have been talking about, you know, our portfolio and we realized that we want to have a really nice um, reserve with okay. high, like, which is very liquid because we think that we have amazing opportunities, but there might be even better opportunities coming because people are really scared. And usually when people are scared, they sell things uh, like crazy. Yeah. And so... Yes. Uh, bro, with our current portfolio, and I must say that I just got like a really nice bonus from the company. So like we, <laughs> we are in a good time for, you know, portfolio management. Um, we decided to put like around 50% of what we earned in, um, in these funds. They, they basically buy bonds from okay. top-notch companies all over the world. And these top-notch companies usually pay more than, you know, whatever bank would pay you, whatever basic interest would pay you. But they are very diversified as well. So if these big companies, you know, like one or two basically face bad time, it it will very hardly affect you because they diversify in multiple Mm -hmm. huge companies. So we feel safer that way. And at least you're not losing too much money for inflation because, you know, they pay better than whatever bank would pay you for. Mm-hmm. So you're putting these really cool funds. They, they have like next day liquidity, so super liquid. And and the other 50%, bro, the exact same philosophy I've ever had. Every month, don't get too excited. Don't put everything that you earned. Like, let's say like a lot of people save money, save money because they want to find the perfect shot again. Mm-hmm. The perfect timing doesn't exist because you don't know what's going to happen next. Things that are really cheap might get cheaper, <laughs> you know. So if, if you actually, you know, uh, start this tradition of buying every month mm-hmm. things that already are cheap every month, instead of like trying to put a shit ton of money at once, every month a little bit, every month a little bit, reinvesting dividends, Bro, the snowball is basically impossible to deny. It's it's yeah. a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And it's been happening to us. Like I, I can remember the first time I, we made like dividends was like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right now, like we are making over 2.5K every month out of dividends. Not bad. And I mean, it's just happening. The snowball is just yeah. getting bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think in the end of the day, bro, it's discipline. If you discipline yourself to choose whatever it is, and I mean, I think what you said is really smart. 
and it's pretty much what Howard Marks uh, suggests in his books that you know like maybe the safest way of making money in the market is to buy the whole thing so yeah. ETFs for example mm -hmm. so I, I love what you're doing I'm still doing stock picking and I mean only time will tell if I actually did it right yeah. um, but but I mean I, I think it's really clever because if you if you are disciplined and you buy every month without making huge commitments having some bonds like some money that you can invest if, if things go down and you can put even more and buy in a better price it's always a good idea so bro i i think that's a that's a really good recipe you know for sure and i'm, I'm gonna i'm with you there i don't feel like stock, stock picking is a bad idea i just feel like it's taking time and right now I value more the time I'm spending with family, knowing that mm -hmm. I have, I am still investing. I'm st still invested mm -hmm. in the stock markets, but I'm taking the the time out of the equation. Right now, it's more of a I'm putting everything in the stock market. I'm not following the market because guess what? I'm gonna invest the same amount next month, and I'm not trying to Perfect. overthink it because. If my money goes to zero, let me tell you one thing, guys. If the U.S. total stock market goes to zero, there are bigger problems in the world. You probably don't have a job anymore. You, you have a lot of stuff mm -hmm. happening. It's probably nuclear war everywhere. The planet is going to, like, I don't know. So right now you have to picture that do you believe and that's what i believe do you believe that the stock market in the us will grow i i feel like the answer is yes so i'm not trying to overthink it i'm just trying to be very mm -hmm. passive not invest time i used to love doing stock picking you know me i'm the kind of guy that reads that loves to do that but what i realized is that for me yeah. this work-life balance was not great and if i have to add investing to the work life slash investing then it's bad it's really bad because i don't have time for my family so i'm trying to take time out of the equation i'm going for the total stock market mm -hmm. but one thing that I, that i love with your strategy right now is that you're going for bonds high quality bonds and one question that i have for you bro and i don't know if you have the answer but what is the yield of that uh, mutual fund how much are you getting per month like in percentage do you do you know that yes bro 14.5 percent last year <laughs> predicted 15.6 this year oh okay <laughs> so that's that's a that's a good yield okay that's uh it's a good yield right <laughs> yeah so no and that's you know what that's the strategy too um sometimes you have to be clever with your money sometimes you're reading sometimes you're find, finding a good fund uh, and it's also about reading being curious too uh, if you are like me you don't have time you value family time because you have a work that requires a lot of your time already going for the total stock market is not a bad idea i'm not the first one inventing no, that strategy uh, you can actually like mm -hmm. hire a CPA tomorrow. They will tell you the same thing. They will be like, you know what? Don't try to overthink yeah. it. And one thing that I love with ETFs, 
is that my expense ratio, so like basically what I have to pay every month to the ETF is so crazy low because I'm using Vanguard, like kind of, so it's through Schwab, but I'm buy buying a Vanguard fund and um, it's called VTI, Vanguard Total uh. Stock Market, whatever. And I think that the expense ratio is like 0.03%. <laughs> so I awesome. basi I'm basically not paying to be invested. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it takes out of the equation of, I have to make some math to see how I should rebalance my portfolio or do this. And I'm not even going for a fund where I would have to pay probably sometimes 1% of expense ratio. No, yeah. it's extremely cheap because it's an ETF. So I like it extremely liquid because ETFs, so it's a share that I'm buying every month, oh, yeah. or like several in this case. And I like that it's taking the time out of the equation. But I'm with mm -hmm. you there. If you want to beat the stock market, the only possible way is to do stock picking, but you have to be correct. There is no way to beat the stock market by buying the stock market. I'm just following it. So <laughs> I'm the follower you're the actual investor. You're the one trying to find good stuff to try to have good quality. Because I have junk in my portfolio if I consider that I'm buying the total stock market. For instance, I would not invest in Tesla right now. And I know mm -hmm. that my VTI is a lot of Tesla. It's a lot of Tesla, mm -hmm. but I don't try to overthink it. I'm more seeing it as a, you know what? I'm buying everything. Not trying to be the smart yeah. guy here. I'm just trying to be the follower. And especially in downturns, economic downturns, it's easier to buy the total stock market because the companies that will outperform are very hard to find. These days, yes. Apple, in my opinion, one of the best company in the world in terms of management and so on, they are not doing so, so great. They are not doing bad either, mm -hmm. but they are not doing so, so great. Why is that? Because we cannot predict. They have great results, economic results, but the stock is not going super high either. So we have to take that into consideration too. When you invest, you're not the only one investing. Some people will make crazy choices. Sometimes the company that you should expect going high is not going higher for some reason because it's the stock market. Highly unpredictable. But if you're going long-term, just like me and my brother here, even if you're doing stock picking, you have to consider very good quality company if you're doing stock picking. Yeah. That's what you're doing. I respect that tremendously. If I had no kids, I would do it. I would still be the guy investing and doing stock picking. Right now, I just feel like I don't have the time to actually read, looking at like metrics mm -hmm. and so on, reading reports because it takes time. It's not because you have a good feeling that you should invest. Like those are bad <laughs> investors. If you have a good feeling, exactly. have a good have a good feeling about the total stock market, please. Like that's good. That's the good that's the good shit out there out there. Just buy the total stock market. If you're going with feelings, that's not good. Because that's not with yeah. feelings that you will make money. And we are talking about this as if it was easy and an easy subject, but I'm going to be straightforward with the audience. I lost quite some money in the past few months, but I did not sell. 
I did not st mm -hmm. sell the total stock market. My strategy, and I feel like it's also easier when you're buying the total stock market, is that I picture that as me um, trusting the economy somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm putting more money in the stock market. I don't want to withdraw from the stock market because guess what? I'm going to continue investing regularly because I believe that it should get better one day and I will probably make money one day. And right now, that's mm -hmm. my strategy. It's just dollar cost averaging investing in the total stock market. It's going down and I'm not going to lie. It was a lot, a lot of money the, the past few months. But guess what? It's gonna be it's gonna be fine. The only thing that you should not do, and you should stick with my bro strategy right there. If that's money that you need for some reason, short term, please do not invest today in the total stock market. That would be a crazy bad idea. You should go with bonds, if possible, high quality. You should go with something stable somehow that would pay you dividends but something that you could liquidate very easily get the money back that would be better than a savings account that would be destroyed by the crazy high inflation <laughs> but please do not invest short term today in the stock market that would be probably one of the worst decisions you can do especially if you think that because it's gonna be go higher, you will beat the market, you will make some money, you will sell. That's irrelevant. That's stupid. Unless you're a crazy good investor that can look at all the metrics and make good decision in day trading and so on. I'm not that guy. And I'm not telling you that day trading is good because I feel like day trading is really bad unless you're very good at what you're doing. And it's like really a handful of people on the planet, probably. Because even traders working for big banks, they are losing money from time to time. It's hard. It's yeah. not easy. And it's their job. Guess what? They are not even like playing or investing with their money. They are investing for the bank. And sometimes they lose. And sometimes they lose bad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the idea. In my opinion these days, bro, if you don't have the time, go passive investment be the guy just buying an etf like forgetting about it i'm not i was the guy and i want your opinion on that i was the guy buying an etf before that was a high dividend paying um etf so it was vym mm -hmm. um meaning that it was mostly balanced towards big dividend payers for instance chevron and stuff like that in the us and recently that stock uh, I mean, that ETF went up because they had all these like mm -hmm. gas companies, you know? And so it mm -hmm. went up. And I mean, it makes sense because of what is happening these days with the gas prices and so on. But I would not recommend most of our, our listeners, if they are trying and entering the market today, to go for this kind of ETFs because it's also hard to predict. Of course, you could make a lot of dividends back. That's the goal of those. But you can also see the growth, meaning like the downtrend of that kind of ETF going down very fast because some of the big oil companies went up pretty fast, maybe not for good reasons. You never know. 
I'm not an expert again, but the best is probably just to go for the whole thing. You know, total stock market, you're including everything, every sector into it because it's everything. So you're, you're basically mm -hmm. just investing in stocks. That's it. Bro, very good question. I mean, uh, there's this one billionaire here in Brazil that I, I, I follow on social media and I really like him. He's, a, he's an older guy now. He's really smart and he's really started from the bottom of the food chain. So uh, his story is fascinating. Okay. And there's this one saying of that, that he uh, wrote in his book and he says all the time on YouTube and so on. And he always says that. And then after saying this sentence, he says, if you really, truly understand what I'm saying here, there's no mistaking it. You're going to do just fine in the stock market. Okay. And his sentence is, when I open the home broker and I look at how much money I have at that very second I'm looking at it, that figure feeds my ego. Yeah. What feeds my pocket is the dividends that it's giving to me. Okay. So. He's basically saying, whenever you learn not to measure your success or failure mm -hmm. based on whether your portfolio is going up or down, but you start measuring your success based on how much more money every, every month you're making out of that portfolio, that's when bingo, you know? Okay. Because something magical happens when you learn that rationale. When things go down, you celebrate. That's like mind blowing because every friend that I have, when they see their, you know, a bear market coming or, you know, prices dropping, they go nuts. And I celebrate because with the same amount of money that I invest every month religiously, I'm going to buy more stocks than I bought the month before. So I jump out of happiness. And so that changes everything, bro. Okay. And so, um, like, I, I am all about the dividends and you know that. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I usually tell people that when I'm buying stocks, I am buying something that I believe in and I'm buying yield. I'm buying, like, I have to know exactly how much money back am, am, am I getting for every buck that I'm spending. Okay. And if the perspectives are optimistic, stable or pessimistic mm -hmm. that's it and bro when the prices go down i can buy more with the same amount of money so i celebrate because the next month i'm gonna get even more dividends that's the recipe so it's been one. working for me because i am always with a peaceful mind regarding investments because when they go down i'm happy because i will buy more and when they go up, I go like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So it's a win-win situation, bro. I like so it. So it's something that uh, Luis Barsi, it's the name of this billionaire. Um, it's something that he taught me. And I think, because he says that it's funny because he's like, I've been trying to teach investments for over 50 years because once you become a billionaire, everyone wants to listen to you. 
mm-hmm. and he's like I am I can guarantee you that 95% of people that listen to this sentence are going to say mm, but they're not really going to get it but yeah. if they actually get it they're going to be successful so that's bro that's like life changing you know yeah well, that's that's amazing and i mean it could probably be the final words of that episode because we have to <laughs> reflect on that because the two main strategies that we outlined today are for some people very much different but they are not in fact in your case you're investing to get passive income which makes total yes. sense me right now with my age i'm investing in everything but i will be focusing more and more towards passive income as like years come by and the strategy is pretty much the same it's pretty much the same right now the only reason why i did not invest in those funds with dividends like very high dividends is that i could not control really who was paying me you know it was more of a i'm investing mm-hmm. in this fund in this etf but i cannot choose the company so the yield is high but mm-hmm. i cannot choose the company and when you're doing stock picking which is what you're doing right now it's perfect it's actually perfect because in this case you have like everything in your hands you're getting the yield you made the right choices i respect that bro i love it yeah bro and it's a really fun journey it's it's been really cool i mean it does it mean that if tomorrow something horrible happens and we enter a really huge bear market and i'm not gonna get shocked of course not i'm a human being Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm gonna be way, like I'm gonna be much better prepared than yeah. the vast majority of people that are trading every day with me. They're yeah. gonna sell their shit for a really low price because they're absolutely terrified. Absolutely. And uh, the only thing that is gonna happen to them for sure is that they're gonna lose money. So, bro, it's much more of a really strong strategy really strong discipline and patience i think yeah. it's i think if you have these three things you're gonna do fine it, it's yeah. very hard for you to do something like a horrible mistake you know absolutely absolutely and pay yourself first please just yes. save some of the Always. money and pay yourself first and invest in liquid stuff please don't put like your money somewhere where you cannot retrieve the funds because that would be bad especially in economic downturns and Mm -hmm. let me finish with that please don't invest in cryptos not now not now (laughs) not now i mean you could you could if you're a strong believer but right now first not very liquid and ah that's another topic for another day but guys like everything at a step you know like now is not a time for crypto stuff like if we are talking about recession we don't even know what a recession will do to cryptos we don't even know because we never faced that bitcoin was actually created Mm -hmm. just before the great recession but because it was so small like no one could have predicted what could have happened but with the rest of the crypto market i mean it's the first big recession that it's gonna probably live if there is a recession and so do not invest in stuff that you do not know 
how they will perform. Please do not do it because that would be extremely stupid. Right now, our strategies are not exactly the same, but they are very, very similar in some aspects, meaning that we are not trying to <laughs> beat the market in a crazy fashion. Mm -hmm. We are just trying to not lose too much. And yeah, it means Perfect. that we are paying ourselves every month, not trying to mm -hmm. overthink it and sticking with the strategy that we have. Because if you change strategy all the time, you will lose money too. Like, let's be honest. Like if you switch from dividend investing to total stock investing and then to crypto investing, ah, oh, it's bad because you will lose money and you will pay a lot of taxes. So stick with one strategy. We are not saying that one is better than the other. If you have more time, stock picking is probably a good idea if you know what you're doing. If you do not know what you're doing, go for an ETF. You can go for REITs. You can go for other stuff. It depends on what you want to do. But please diversify. I'm talking about VTI and the total stock market, but I have some money in real estate, REITs, that are paying high dividends, but it's part of the diversification. We are diversifying, both of us. We do not try to be extremely, extremely, like we, we are not trying to be Warren Buffett right now. We are just trying to be disciplined, as you said, dollar cost, cost average, every investment that we have. And that's probably one way to go through recessions over time. And yeah, we'll see where it goes. But if we continue to pay, our, pay ourselves, we'll probably make some money in the long run. Yeah. Perfect, bro. I mean, I, I think that's perfect. And I mean, if you guys that, is, that are listening to us, you know, want to read a really nice book that is going to really teach you these basic rules of money, I think The Richest Man in Babylon yeah. is a really great start. So I really think that people should read this book because it's a mindset. It's, it's yeah. a way of looking at your money, at your income in a completely different way. Okay. Uh, Love it. And bro, I think one last thing that I would like to add is that um, a lot of people, you know, either go full, I'm going to spend my money and live my life, or full, I respect my money and I want to have a really nice, you know, adulthood and, and, and when I grow older, I want to have a very comfortable life. Both things are awesome. Mm -hmm. But I always think that the secret of a, you know, well-balanced life is in the middle. So yes, pay yourself first. And generally speaking, my rule is to fix a percentage of your family's income, your family total income fix that and that's yours so you're not going to steal from yourself it's yours from the future just take that but also live enjoy the moment go to a fine restaurant with your family if you can and you have the opportunity buy yourself an OLED TV and tell us how awesome it is <laughs> I think it's really important that people have this this idea in their mind as well yeah, no, absolutely. We, yeah, we have to live because we never know what is going to happen the next day. But this should mm -hmm. not be an excuse to not save for the future too. Exactly. So that's why we are saying we are not part of the like crazy 
Like we, there is like some people that are saving up to like 70, 80% of their income for their retirement, for instance, like the retire fire. So like financial independent retire early. I respect those guys, but at the same time, I'm like, guys, I want to work. I love what I'm doing. So I don't want to retire early. I just want to save some money, but I also want to live the present. I do not want to like mm -hmm. have the same pair of shoes for like 24 years, you know, because I'm saving. No, like <laughs> you mm -hmm. can, you can also enjoy and you should enjoy your, your life, but do not, do not postpone retirement funds or like retirement money because that's for you. No one will pay you. So try to save yeah. for yourself in the future, but do not go crazy high. Do not go like up to like, I don't know, 50, 70% because that's too high probably. And yeah, try to live the present. Do not forget that if you start investing with a discipline right now at your age, if you're still young, you will have the snowball effect. So if you're disciplined, mm -hmm. you will be able to get and make more money for your retirement. So just do it. Save a part of your income every month. Some people say 15%. Some people say slightly more. It's really on you. But even if it's only five, just do it. Just do it. You know, it's fine. Even if it's $100 to start with, it's fine. But please do start to have the discipline investing in yourself first even if it's only 50 bucks just do it do it because in a year or two you will be like oh that's actually three thousand dollars wow and you're mm -hmm. like yeah because it's a discipline and when you will see 3k and your income is higher you will start invest more and so on and so forth that's how it works but people that keep postponing they will have no retirement or they will have to sell a house in order to afford retirement and that's weird i don't want to do that so yeah the strategies that we discussed today are good but we are not inventing anything please read books mm -hmm. feel free to send us messages uh through discord for instance if you have any questions but we are not reinventing the wheel we are just basic investors but we are trying to read and learn more every day. My bro is much more disciplined than, than, than me because he knows his stuff, he's reading more about companies and like doing stock picking is probably next level, meaning that you will make more money. Uh, but you can also be passive. And we also want you guys to understand that being passive is not a bad thing because I'm still an investor. We are still an investor with my wife, but passive which is fine too. We are mm -hmm. not reinventing 100%, the wheel. 100% bro. 100%. I mean, I, I think it's actually the opposite. Like the odds are in much more in your favor than mine because you have some junk in your diversified ETFs, but I might have only junks and only <laughs> time can tell. <laughs> Don't, so, say Don't say so, that. Bro, Don't I say that. Don't say that. I really hope not. But yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I think we discussed a lot of like slightly different strategies, but as my brother very well said, they essentially are the same. We are both yeah, like the foundation of our uh, strategy is to pay ourselves first, is to have the discipline to, to do that every month, is to think about the future, 
is to be responsible with what we are doing. And I mean, bro, I had an amazing time recording this episode with you. Yes. And the next one is going to be even more epic because epic. the 40th episode. So it's we're going to have to epic. choose like the best topic ever. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, we, we, we'll have to come up with a special topic for sure. I'm so mm-hmm. excited, bro, because who could have told, like, told us at the time like, that we would record 40 episode, episodes of Game Bros. That's insane. It's, it's even hard to realize. So, bro, it's going to be an epic, awesome episode. We still don't know what the 40th episode will be about, but it's going to be an epic <laughs> one. Let's be honest. That's for sure. And That's m- for sure. Bro... I love you. It was an amazing and intense episode as always. And I love it because those discussions are very important to have. And most of people these days do not have those discussions. They are not curious enough to read about it. Or they are just Mm -hmm. not trying to think for themselves. But these days, try to be curious. Try to read articles online. We are not just saying that we have the key. No, it's not true, but try to listen to more podcasts. That's a passive thing to do. You can probably do it while you're commuting or whatever. Do it because investing in your future as well as paying yourself and enjoying your life as of today is so important because, and let me finish by saying this, having more more money today, if you have a crappy life, is not going to solve the whole thing. Money is usually Mm -hmm. not solving stuff. Money can increase your problems. So if you had like deep problems, like personally, having more money will not solve them. And so one thing that you have to do first in your life is to try to be happy. But then when you're happy, invest in yourself, please. (laughs) But you have to work towards more happiness in your life. You know, like you can even share money with others. If you have like someone in your family that needs money, that's also a good investment. You know, we are talking about like Mm -hmm. invest in yourself, but do not forget like your relatives, your friends. If people do need help, that's also a good strategy to have, you know, like trying to, if you have the possibility to do it, do not forget the others. Like, you know, like very important to do. And what we are doing today is just sharing a few things that we are doing, but we are actually not professionals. And that people do think that you need to be a professional to invest sometimes. And that's not the case. It's completely wrong. It's super easy to open a brokerage account and start investing tomorrow. You can do that in a matter of minutes in the US. I do not know about Mm -hmm. Brazil, but it's super easy. Usually it's very cheap to do it too. Just like, please, no excuse. You know, as Nike says, hashtag no excuse. Tomorrow, just open a small (laughs) brokerage account and try to put some money there. Okay? That's Mm -hmm. the bottom line. Invest in yourself. Yee-hee. Oh, bro, that's perfect. That's perfect. We couldn't finish this episode on a better note. Bro, love you so much. Thank you so much for this awesome chat i can't wait for the 40th episode that is coming and guys thank you so much as usual for your audience for listening to us i hope you had a good time um 
And if you don't agree with us and with what we said, it's even better. It's because yes. you're a critic. It's because you're reading. It's because you know your shit. So that's amazing. Good for you. Yes. And if you did agree, do as my brother said, open your account and start working on your future today. Yes. Thank please. you so much, bro. Love you so much. Thank you, brother. See, See you, you next time. time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.